0: Welcome to this special edition of the Abide Church podcast. The teaching you're about to hear is from a monthly gathering of our volunteer leaders that we call Team Night. I pray that this message encourages you and it helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. So here's what I want to do is I want to talk about uh, the name of God, Jehovah Jireh, and this is a... uh, A name, and I want to remind us of this. I did a series a while back on the names of God, but what I want to remind us of tonight is that God just, he doesn't want you to just simply know his names. He wants you to experience his names. And that's the difference. Many people know the names of God. They know Jehovah Jireh. They know Jehovah Nisi. They know these different names in God's word. And God doesn't ever want that knowledge to stay here. He wants you to experience his names so that that can get into your heart. And so that you truly believe it and you live it out and you um, walk with relationship with him. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to read the story from Genesis 22 and you'll have it on your notes. We'll also have it on the screen here for you. And uh, I'm going to just talk about how this applies to our church right now and just kind of build our faith a little bit. But also I want you to think about how this can apply to your life personally uh, tonight. So let's read the story together. This is Genesis 22, starting in verse seven. This is where God has prompted Abraham to get up to take his only son uh, to go and to sacrifice him, and as he 's going at this time, uh, if it's, it's a good story, you can read it uh, later this week it's funny that whenever Abraham leaves, uh, he leaves without telling uh, Sarah, uh, it says they, they got up early I and mean, you can look at the verbiage in there. And, uh, obviously you can understand why, yes, this is the promised son that they got. And so, uh, Abraham and, uh, Isaac sneak out of there with some other guys. And so here we are, they're going and, and uh, God's prompting Abraham to sacrifice. And here we go. Verse seven, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. And he said, my father, and he said, here I am my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there, and he placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and he said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mount of the lord it shall be provided um i have a good good friend who's actually a really good friend of my dad's but um, he's become my friend as well over these past several years and one thing he always says whenever we've been praying for something one of his his famous lines that he says is there's always a ram in the thicket there's always a ram in the thicket so many times we get focused on God, where are you? God, what, uh, you're not coming through. Um, God, I don't know where the answer is. And uh, it's just a reminder that sometimes we got to get our head up and look around. And whenever you begin to look around to see, not just focused on the lack, but where the possibility might be. God can reveal something to you. There's always a ram in the thicket. That's a little extra for you tonight. But uh, here's what's interesting. God commands Abraham to take his only son, his miracle son, and to go and to sacrifice him. Obviously, we know our God is not a God of human sacrifice. But what he's doing is he's, he's seeing, and this goes back into covenant. He's seeing, is there a man, a 100% man, that is willing to sacrifice his only son so that God can send and sacrifice his only son it's the covenant, and I did a series on covenant, but it's, a, it's an amazing thing that Jesus came to be the son of God, that side of the covenant, but also to satisfy, he was a son of Abraham, to satisfy that sacrifice as well. So why did Abraham not have to sacrifice Isaac? Because Jesus was that sacrifice. Several, I mean, a long time later after that, but at the same spot the same hillside that Jesus would be crucified was the same place that Abraham took Isaac to be sacrificed as well. And so Jesus is our all in all. He satisfies the whole covenant, both sides for man and for God. Um, He's amazing. But I want to remind us of this, the best evidence of having the fear of the Lord is complete obedience to him. That's what the, the angel said to Abraham, right? Now I know that you truly fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not a bad thing. It's the beginning of wisdom It's a very good thing. It's a a holy thing. It's a righteous thing. We should all have a fear of the Lord in a a healthy spiritual sense, in a loving sense. But the complete obedience to God is the revealing, do I actually have a fear of the Lord? But here's point number one that I want to get to is this. Prevision is the first step to provision. Prevision is the first step to provision. Abraham saw God's provision with his faith eyes before he ever saw it with his physical eyes. And we can see this in the story and some of the verbiage that he uses, but let me remind you of the difference between sight and vision. Um, I say this a lot, but there's a difference between sight and vision. Sight is what you see when your eyes are open. Vision is what you see when your eyes are closed. When I'm in prayer, when I'm seeking God, when I'm, Lord, give me your vision. When I close my eyes, what do my faith eyes see? If I can see it in faith when my eyes are closed, then I can see it come to pass. But many times we get focused on what we see in the natural and it outweighs what God wants to do in the spiritual. And so it robs us. These in the physical and the natural will rob us of what God wants to do in the supernatural. But let's look at it. I, I, don't, um, I might have this slide, Genesis, Genesis 22, 5. I don't know if I have this in your notes, but Genesis 22, 5. And Abraham said to his young men, so these are the servants that went with them. He says, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Key verbiage, we will. Not I will. Where was he going? To sacrifice Isaac. So he should say, we're going to go. I'll come back. But what did he already have made up in his mind? We will come back together. He knew that God was going to do something miraculous. He could see it, not with his his physical eyes, but with his faith eyes. Genesis 22.8 says this, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide. God, uh, Dad, what are we gonna do here? Okay, <laughs> uh, there's no animal to sacrifice. What's happening? God will provide. Abraham had faith that God would provide a sacrifice, and if not, I believe he knew God would raise Isaac from the dead, even if he had to go through with it. He believed this is a promised son. God will raise him from the dead. Uh, Hebrews 11:1. Look at it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what not seen. Not seen, right? Why? It's not about what I'm looking at with my natural eyes. Because our natural eyes will rob you of what God has for you. They will rob you of what God has for you. That's why it's important that I must get in prayer, close my eyes, and do what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. My eyes will deceive me. My eyes will crush my faith. Because of the doctor's report, because of what my boss said today, did today, because of what my spouse said today, did today, whatever might happen, my eyes will deceive me. But we walk by faith and not by sight. The first step to answered prayers, fulfilled promises, and God's provision, what we see in this story, is our ability to see what God sees. This is why one of my daily prayers is that, Lord, give me your vision. Today. Give me your vision today. And I, I try to pray that whether I'm going into a meeting, whether I'm dropping Gavin off at school, I pray that over him. I, I try to, uh, whether it's I'm coming home uh, to my family, Lord, give me your vision in this situation. Give me your vision as I go and I, I serve my family tonight at dinner or, or uh, while we're hanging out. Give me your vision and everything. Because what happens is sometimes, <clears throat> let's just use this as an example. You may know somebody that's sick, somebody that is ill, and you because you're a Christian, get called on to go pray for them. And I don't know about you, but I've had situations where I've had to go into pretty nasty situations in hospitals and things like that and expect to pray a good prayer. And if you are consumed with what you see, all the faith in your prayer will be robbed from you. But you have to say, Lord, give me your vision. And this is what Jesus did whenever he went in and he, um, he prayed for people. He could see them healed before he prayed before he rebuked the demon. He could see them the way that God sees them as what? Whole, perfect, healed, restored. And if I can see them that way, I can pray in faith to see it come to pass because I'm aligning my vision with God's vision. So provision, um, so prevision comes before provision. The point number two is this. Provision follows sacrifice. Everybody wants provision, right? Lord, provide for my needs. Come on, Lord, right? (laughs) Help me pay those bills. Help me, uh, help me, retire early. Lord, give, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. Lord, will you help us out? Pro, help provide, provide, provide. But uh, not a lot of people like to sacrifice in order to see the provision come to pass. But this is what we see in the word of God. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his only son opened the door for God's provision. Genesis 22:12. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Uh, As I read this story, I'm reminded that many times God remains silent until obedience is complete. Many times God remains silent until obedience is complete. When did he stop Abraham? When he had the knife up and ready ready to kill his only son. God could see in the heart of Abraham it was done. He was going through with the action, and then he stopped him, and he provided. You see, many times we hope as we're, you know, in Abraham's shoes, as we're going up the hill, God's going to give us a ram before I have to tie up my son and place him on there. No, there'll be a ram or there'll be a lamb. There'll be something there before I have to put my son on the altar, before I have to raise a knife. Something will come up. But God wants to see, will you walk in obedience so that i can provide many times you remain silent one of my pastors growing up he, he used to say this god ain't going to let you go to second grade until you pass first grade <laughs> everyone i want to go second i want to go third grade i want to go and go and go and mature and go up but god's like well, you, you didn't do what i asked you to do in first grade why would i take you to second grade do what i asked you to do be obedient serve love do what i'm asking you to do and then i can take you to greater and greater and greater uh, Philippians 4.19 is such a popular verse that we always quote, right? It's a good one to have in your, in your living room or an artwork piece. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's amazing, though. We often just overlook the beginning of that. And my God shall supply. And. Okay. That means I need to read this in context. If I, if I read the words of Jesus and it says, therefore... Um, um, things like that, and if I see those things, let me back up. Let me back up a few verses. Where are we coming from? Why is Why is he writing this? Why is he saying this right now? So let's look at it in context. Philippians four fifteen. Now you Philippians know that all, uh, uh, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica. You sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus. I always get hung up on that word, but you know what I'm saying. The thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why will God supply your need? He says, because you are faithful to sacrificially give to my ministry. God will see that you're taken care of. And I think many times we miss this. Many people want something for nothing when it comes to the things of God. Lord, I'm a Christian now. Give me everything. But they have no investment, right? They're not, they're not, they're not loving. They're not representing Him. They're not giving. They're not um, generous of their time. Of, of their, uh, they're not representing the fruit of the Spirit. But it doesn't work that way in the world system, but we expect it to work that way in God's system, right? Give me everything, but I am willing to sacrifice nothing. And this is where maturity comes into play in the kingdom of God. A mature person who is walking with the Lord can do what Abraham did, which is what? They can see that God's provision will follow the sacrifice. I know Abraham knew, even if I have to kill my son, I serve a good God. And I believe that he will miraculously raise him from the dead if he has to. He could see it come to pass, but he wasn't willing to, he wasn't willing to not sacrifice in order to not see it come. He said, if I have to sacrifice, that's what I will do. Many expect God to send them something when they have not invested into the kingdom of God. And so I want to encourage you with this. When you invest into the kingdom of God, it's okay to pray and to believe for the provision of God in your life. Sometimes as a humble servant, you may you may go in and you feel guilty for asking God to meet your needs. But I'm going to remind you, his word says that he will. His word says that he will provide. And why can you pray with boldness that he will provide? Because you give of your time to his bride. You give financially to support his bride, which is the church. You invest and you love other people. You represent him well to your family and to your coworkers. What are you doing? You're investing into the kingdom. Investing isn't always just finances. Yeah, that's a, that is a part of it, absolutely. But it's so much greater than that. When you represent God well, when you invest into His kingdom, you can pray in confidence and say, Lord, I believe that Your Word says, Philippians 4.19, You shall supply all my need. And Lord, I have a need. <laughs> I'm believing that You're going to come through because You're a good Father and You love me and You see And you know what I have need of even before I ask. And so, Lord, today I ask you for this, fill in the blank. You can boldly pray that prayer. Jack W. Hayford, he said it this way. He said, if you're not investing your time, your talent, your commitment, and your money, why do you want something in return? How can you get something when you have not planted any seed? How can you expect God to honor your desire when you have not honored his command to give? abundance begins with investment. You can pray in confidence. Lord, I'm invested in your kingdom. I f- I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and so my money is blessed, and so I have this need, this financial need. Lord, I pray that you'll come through. You can pray with confidence. Galatians 6, 7 says it this way. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. It says, do not be deceived. Because here's what happens. You may sow and probably more often than we would like. The harvest takes longer than you expected. Many times, anybody, you know what I'm talking about, right? I got, God, I am, <laughs> I am sold out to your kingdom. I have not seen the harvest that I thought I would. Many times it takes longer, but he says what? Do not be deceived. Your thoughts and your timetable will deceive you from receiving what God has for you. Because you think it should happen on your timetable, but God's saying, will you trust me enough? To not be deceived by your small mind, will you trust that my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher, and I am so far above your ways that I have good things for you. It says, God is not mocked. So let's flip the script on that. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. God is mocked when we don't reap a harvest. And his word says, he will not be mocked. So don't be discouraged. Don't be deceived when the harvest, whatever you're believing for, is taking longer than expected. God will not be mocked. He will not. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. And the last point is this. Jehovah Jireh is accessible through Jesus. And this is the most beautiful part of all of this. Is that God wants you to experience his names. And he wants you to know him so intimately that there's no doubt in your mind that he will show up. You can see what happens many times is that God shows up in our life, but then like a week we, we sleep and then tomorrow something happens and we forget what God did. Anybody? Come on, right? Lord, where are you? And we forget he showed up yesterday and he answered that prayer five years ago and he saved my life 10 years ago and we forget that he's good and we forget that he wants to provide. We forget his faithfulness. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. Here's what's interesting, though, is it, it? It he Abraham didn't say the Lord did provide. To me, that makes sense. This this altar, this place, we are going to call it. The Lord did provide because He did provide the ram. He did provide. But the root word of Jireh, this is so good, means to see, to see. So even a different translation or a different way of looking at it is this, the Lord will see to it. The Lord will see to it that you are provided for. What great perspective. How, man, how personal is our God. He will personally see to it that that need is met, that he shows up on time, and that you're not forgotten. The Lord will see to it. Romans 8.32 says this, He who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Look, he's given you Jesus. And guess what? Jesus comes with the kingdom. <laughs> Good things he wants to provide for you. John 15.7, this is one of our key verses for our church, is this, if you abide in me, stay in relationship with him and my words abide in you meaning his word is dwelling in you it's in you you're consuming it daily you're meditating on it day and night you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you why? because at this point your ask is a, in alignment with God's will because you are a vine that is pulling from him so when I'm abiding what happens? I get prevision. I can see it before it happens where? not with my eyes but in my vision in here When that happens it helps me sacrifice the things in my life that i need to so i can have provision if i need to sacrifice a relationship if i gotta sacrifice a a friendship a boyfriend a girlfriend somebody that is pulling me far from god if i have to sacrifice it guess what it will lead to provision i it will not go unnoticed it will not fall on unfruitful ground when i sacrifice then i come into a place where i can ask what i desire why because my desires are in alignment with God's desires for my life. That's why he's not saying, well, you can ask for a million dollars and it's going to show up you know, before you get home tonight. God's perspective is so much grander than a million dollars in your bank account tonight. Because I don't know about you, I would probably mess it up and I wouldn't have it a week from now, okay? I would go on a spending spree. Look, God knows you, He sees you, and He has things for you. You ask what you desire, but it's His desires working in you and you will receive it. Hebrews 4.16 So let's come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Where do I go when I'm in a time of need? Where do I go when I'm in a season of discouragement? Where do I go when I don't know what to do, what to say, what to pray? I don't know what is going on. Go boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy. You'll find grace and the help that you need when you need it most. Go to God. Go to His throne. Don't go to Him casually. Go to His throne. Keep that perspective. It's good to be comfortable in your prayer with God, meaning you talk to Him like a friend. But I also think sometimes it's really important for us to remember how Jesus taught His disciples to pray. Hallowed be your name. Was that holy When you step into the throne room of God, you got to be on your face because you are not worthy to be in that room. Go to the throne of our gracious God. It humbles me. It exalts him. And I say, Lord, I am here for your mercy because I need it. Lord, I am here for your grace because I need it. And I am here for your help because I need it. And God sees the humble. And what does he do? He exalts them, and He'll lift you up. As I wrap up tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for our church, and I want to pray for us as individuals. But One of the things I put on your notes is I put a specific prayer list. This is something that Leslie and I have done for years. I, mean, I We did it growing up. I was always taught that specific prayers bring specific results. Sometimes we don't get what we want because we didn't, bother to ask God for it (laughs) it's good to make a list and say Lord here's what I'm believing for here's what I would like to see we've done this when we've purchased homes we've done this just in life in general this is what we would like to see this year Lord this is specifically what we're praying so I got a list here and here's what I want I'm asking you as the leaders of our church as the core members of our church to pray in agreement with us every day for these things all right the first one is this we need a space that is rough, at least roughly 8,000 square feet. That's about the size of the Noah's building. Um, there's a lot of prime real estate that's available, but you can rent 8,000 square feet on 71st Street for $14,000 a month, and we can't do that, okay? <laughs> so we need at least that much. Uh, we need at least, 80, at least 80 plus parking spaces. These are things that people don't think about. There's a lot of great opportunities out there for buildings, but most of them have 12 or 15 parking spaces not going to work um one of our a a big one here to be transparent is we'd like to have a monthly payment that's less than five thousand dollars a month five thousand or less every month for a church our size and what our giving is right now that's doable for us anything above that is going to put us in a spot where we can't support all the ministries that we want to support and that's one thing i'm not going to sacrifice i'm not going to sacrifice global ventures i'm not going to sacrifice our commitment to crisis pregnancy outreach and i want to uh Continue on that. There's some other organizations that I want to partner with moving forward, and if uh, if if we get into a space that is going to landlock us, and uh, it's going to make us house poor, ever ever heard that? Right? Ever been there before? Yeah. Overcommit a little bit. We ain't going to do that. Okay. Um, here's a big one. Number four: room for a kids ministry to expand and to continue to grow. So we need at least at least three rooms at the minimum. Ideally, we would split up a lot of those in five five or more rooms would be nice. Two nurseries, two preschools, an elementary room. And then here's the thing, we need room for youth. And yeah, we can use our main auditorium on Wednesdays and different things like that, but we're gonna need that eventually as well. So at least three rooms. Uh, We need a room for at least 150 seats in an auditorium. At least that's gonna allow us to grow and to fill it and to go multiple services as we continue to fill it. Uh, Number six, ample (laughs) restroom space. I don't know about you guys okay this is another thing we keep running into man this space is great it actually might be in our budget cool there's two toilets in here that ain't gonna work y'all right you know what i'm saying like there's actually a, a church we were talking with just actually right here in, in the katusa area and that was one of the biggest things It was just like dang there's only two there's two stalls in the women's and there's a stall and a urinal in the men's and it's like there's no room to add on without cutting into valuable space this ain't going to work we you got to have restrooms And most importantly, number seven is this. Pray that God's will be done and abide church as it is in heaven. These are a a wish list for us, things that I would like to see, that we we need to see if we're going to move forward into a permanent space. But I always pray that God's will be done in my life as it is in heaven. God may open doors that we haven't even thought of. But if it's his will, then we need to walk through it. I don't, I don't know what that could possibly be, but it, you, you never know. There could be another church that says, hey, we would love to donate our building and we would just say, hey, we, we would just love to combine with you guys and you guys take over. And that'd be amazing. I haven't thought about, you know, that would, I don't know how all that's going to work out, but we could walk it out, you know. No matter what, that God's will would be done in a by church as it is in heaven. That's his will and not our own. And so as we walk, that we have the faith and we have the understanding and we have the ears to hear his voice and not to follow the voice of a stranger or our own. And what we want but to hear his voice let me remind you of john 15 7 i don't have a slide for it but it's on uh it might not be on your notes but it's right here if you abide in me my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you during this time our goal is to abide like we have never done it before at a deeper level and that's what our series of increase is all about in every area how do i abide better That's another way I could put it for each and every week. In my marriage, how do I abide in Jesus better? In my work, how do I abide in Jesus better? And in doing so, I'm connected to Him. I'm receiving His goodness. I will produce His fruit. And when I ask and I pray, He will see it come to pass. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Pray and abide personally at a deeper level and more committed than you ever have before. Whether for you, that's just, maybe you just need to get a regular quiet time with God. Great. That's a great first start. Do that. Okay. It might be five verses. It might be the verse of the day in your Bible app. Start somewhere. Start somewhere get quiet. Maybe for you, if you have little kids, that's tough to do, right? If you got little ones, uh, this is probably a little too transparent, but restrooms, when you got to use the restroom, if you, you know what I'm saying? I knew a pastor who uh, he kept, that's, he kept his Bible In there, by by the toilet, because that's where he would have his quiet time. Because he had kids all over the house, he didn't have an office or anything like that. So he would go in there and lock himself in there. God will honor even if you can give five minutes to start, but don't stay at five minutes. You should grow and mature and continue to grow in that. Start somewhere, even if it's with your kids while they're watching their TV shows. Get get to a spot where you can get with Jesus every day. So I'm going to pray. And then uh, after I pray, I'm going invite, to uh, invite my dad to, to come up, and he's uh, going to talk briefly here to, to wrap us up and start. I, I know I went a little long, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over our church. I'm going to pray over you. And uh, we're going to believe that Jehovah Jireh is going to do what he does, provide in your life, in our life, in our church, and beyond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for your word. And Heavenly Father, today, we just take a moment to acknowledge you and say, Lord, you are so great. You are so magnificent. You are so awesome. You are so holy. You are so righteous. God, we love you so much. Lord, today, we acknowledge that you are Jehovah Jireh. We know that your heart is for us and not against us. We know that you see our need. You know our need even before we ask. And Lord, as we've been in a season of asking, seeking you diligently every day, Lord, I thank you that your word says that you will not be mocked, that a harvest is just a matter of time, that it's on its way. Lord, and I just declare that for everyone in this room personally, for those of, the, of our team that can't be here tonight, Lord, that are listening to this, Lord, I just pray that Jehovah Jireh, Lord, that you would show up and you would provide for those needs in our lives, for those wants and those wishes and those dreams in our lives, Lord, the ones that we've been praying for, the ones that have been keeping us up at night, the ones that, Lord, we wake up thinking about. Lord, I pray right now, Prince of Peace, Jesus, would you just sweep over our mind, give us your mind, give us your vision, help us see the answer to the prayer even before it shows up in the natural. And God, I thank you that as you do, we will be very careful to give you all the glory. And most importantly, not to forget when you show up. Lord, I pray right now for all of us in here that maybe have forgotten your faithfulness. Lord, would you remind us today? Would you remind us this evening of the last time that you showed up and the time before that and the time that you answered that prayer? And Maybe we didn't even realize you answered that prayer lord would you just remind us of your goodness because we know we're not forgotten we know you haven't overlooked your kids and so lord i just pray that lord you would show up and you would provide and we're going to give you glory and we're going to make note of and we're going to share your story share your goodness and say look what god did and we thank you for it lord we thank you that our best days are our next days at abide church and lord most importantly On our prayer list, Lord, is that your will would be done in Abide Church as it is in heaven. Whatever you want to do in our church, Lord, whatever door you need to open, want to open, Lord, we are willing to walk through, we're willing to follow, and we're willing to go all in. And so, Lord, we say speak. Your servants are listening. Open the right door. Show us the right place. Help us walk in boldness. Help us not grow weary. And God, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.